I added a ton of shit out of the beginning. It's not yeah. going to lie. Usually, Everyone's want to leave it. Usually have but. like <laughs> three minutes of like calling each other names and stuff. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Do we start now? <laughs> All right, bitches. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> I may leave part of that in, by the way. Anyway, ready to go. Okay. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Always Never Right podcast, a podcast with adult ingredients just for Gen Xers who are getting to middle age and are wondering how the fuck that happened. Thanks for joining us on the Podfix Network. I am Jill Farrell. And I'm Tina Biggs. So we've been teasing a bit about having some upcoming guests. And tonight we are joined by Carrie Caulfield Eric from yayapodcasting.com. She does the just podcast, uh, just. All right. See, here's where you get to see our process. I'm going to edit part of that out. <laughs> she does the just podcasting podcast, and she is one of the hosts of Podcast Editors Mastermind and is now part of the Always Never Right family. So, welcome, and Pick your shit out and explain what you do. <laughs> Yay, I'm so glad to be here. Yay. So I, oh, sorry. Am I... No, no, that's okay. We talk okay. over. <laughs> that's, okay. yeah. So go ahead. <laughs> sorry. Start over. Um, I am super excited to be here drinking with you ladies. Um, so I basically do everything around podcasting. <laughs> a podcast producer, coach, editor, and I also... Um, in addition to what you've already mentioned, is I co-lead a women of, no, we've already been drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to our world. (laughs) I co-lead a group of female and female identifying podcast editors. Right on. That's fucking cool. Yeah. And that's called Just Busters. Just Busters? Just Busters. How did that? Shit, I got to get on my list. I, so. I do a lot of things, so yeah. <laughs> I can see how you miss it. <laughs> you are a multi-hyphenate, and I am impressed. Well, thank <laughs> I you. I totally agree I, with that. I mean, I th- that's a lot of things. Like, how long I'm are a you dates? I'm a mom, so I just am used to juggling stuff. Instead of carrying grocery bags into the house, I'm carrying, <laughs> like, podcasting God, stuff into the house. <laughs> how, how long are your days? I mean, like... Are they more than 24 hours? Because I feel like maybe you have extra time because I have just a regular job and this and I can't get my shit done. So, <laughs> yeah, And I get I mean, I told that's a totally fair question because I used to be the kind of person that was like, how did you do that? Like, <laughs> how many hands do you have? So basically, I started in pieces, right? So I started with. Well, first I started in podcasting with my own podcast. It was about scrapbooking, but that's retired now. Then I started working, you know, took all that knowledge, started working as a freelancer, built myself up enough clients to start a company. Now I have a team that I work with. So I don't do it all by myself, right? I have three other people, plus my husband is my part-time administrative assistant. I want a team. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you can have. One. I don't know. <laughs> I do at work, but they don't really help me with anything. <laughs> it just makes more work. Well, it's you know, I'm home too. I think really, actually, 
I have so there are different levels of commitment, I think. So I have one that's super like, you know, super bought into everything, which is great and I love them and we like talk every day, right? Um and then I have a couple others that are just really like part time, you know, freelancing for me, whatever. Um, but it works. And then I have my husband who I sit across from every day and I can tell him what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and he listens. That's huge. <laughs> Yeah, for the most part, for, but like, but now he's taken to like telling me how to do things in the kitchen. <laughs> like we're kind of arguing about like how to cook stuff, and I'm like, I spent 20 years cooking every day for you. <laughs> and now the rules are this. Yeah. <laughs> so he's kind of mansplaining it to you. Yeah, but I let it because you know I know it's a shift. Okay, he was a shroud winner. No, and I then get- that those roles switched, right? I get that. So I I give him you know kind of some slack, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's doing things in pieces. Like my podcast, I do in seasons. So we're currently on break. I don't have to do anything. When I do it, I do it in batch. Like I work a lot in batches. Um, you know the the Just Busters. It's just I do that for fun, right? I'm going to talk about this stuff anyway. I may as well. Right. You know, I've heard about people working in batches and I've thought about, you know, I wonder if that would work for us, but I think we would be so fucked up by the end of our first batch. We wouldn't, it wouldn't really be usable. So we kind of have to continue to do it this way. It's a learning curve. You just got to do what works for you. And this is just what works for me, essentially, because I also have an autistic son. So that, and now like him being home because of COVID and yeah. Man. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. So we both let, are parents of special needs children. Okay. Yeah. You get it. Man. So, <laughs> let's hard enough. In, let's put a pin on that one because I do want to come back to that because I think we can relate. Um, I, I'm not sure it fits into our topic for tonight, but no. perhaps we can have. Well, Ron we can, and we can talk yeah. about this another time. So we totally. What I can say though is that given all of that, I'm not even a little bit intimidated, and I. <laughs> I didn't even want to mention that tonight's cocktail, Carrie actually invented and crafted herself. And it is called the Always Never Just Shandy. It is Captain Morgan. It's got a titch of a good beer, like an IPA or something, and ginger ale and lime juice. So let's discuss it. And I want to know your invention process. And you kind of told us that there was like a backstory with this. So spill that for us. Don't spill your cocktail, just spill the backstory. (laughs) Okay. Because alcohol waste is just sad, especially in COVID times. It is. And actually, I didn't use an entire bottle of beer for the picture I made, so I had to finish it before it came Yeah, you got to do that. I mean, come on. See? Yeah. See? So I gave you some bonus uh, drinking to do. Uh, So, okay. Let's start with the fact that I am kind of a UK lover. I don't know if that sound right. <laughs> and like you say, history lover. They're called Anglophiles. I know, but I feel like that's kind of that almost seems creepy to me. <laughs> well, it's creepy, but you can be file. creepy. It's <laughs> my life of philosophy, so it shouldn't be too creepy. You guys, <laughs> yeah, together. It can be a thing that you do. Yeah. Oh, you John guys the Brit, like, oh yeah, Brit and stuff. Oh, is he British? Yeah, John the Brit's called John the Brit for a reason. That's the only like flaw my husband really has. (laughs) (laughs) He's not British. (laughs) No, she actually imported him. I did. 
He came in on a fiance visa. Wow. He lived on my in my basement while she was like going through the process. <laughs> he did. Well, the basement Brit. You left. We have a long, <laughs> we have a long, long process here. Yes, but I I'm sorry for interrupting, but oh, yeah, we okay. so need to talk offline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, finish telling yeah, so, about how this got to be a thing. Yeah. So, I've always wanted to like try a shandy, right? And it's not something you get like a lot of. You can't go to a bar and order a shandy necessarily, or you wouldn't think to. And if it did, it'd probably cost you $50. Um, <laughs> right. So, I love call the midwife and I know uh, Trixie loved to drink and had her shandies and I always wanted to try one and so I went and actually because before you make a cocktail you have to look up the history of a cocktail yeah I love you so much yes yeah. <laughs> you're speaking you- to her inner autistic yes <laughs> you gotta know where it comes from right Yes. Yes. So, yes, so I do. went down this whole rabbit hole where, okay, so this is a cocktail that was probably invented in the 1600s, probably started from women brewing their own beer and kind of stretching their resources. And also, who wants to drink a stout beer on a motherfucking hot day? Yes. Right? So you've got to cut it with something and dilute it. Forever. Um, turns out that. It was adopted probably in um, Victorian times by the dock workers specifically. Oh. And it was like a very manly drink, right? Because again, who would want to spend all day working when it's hot and go drink a warm stout beer in the pub? Plus the yeah. citrus is going to give them that additional boost and it helps with the scurvy right. and all of that stuff. Right. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but then what always happens with anything that's really good, <laughs> the working class people have invented. Yes. It was gentrified. Of course. That's how we So roll. Charles, yeah. Charles Dickens wrote about it. And I think in the 1840s and said, and I'm going to quote here, Yay. damn, this drink is good. <laughs> <laughs> it is fucking refreshing. <laughs> why have I not heard of this before? <laughs> Yo, guys, why'd you leave me out of the loop? Not his exact words. <laughs> I think he, I think that probably is his exact words. He's probably like, "Yo, motherfuckers, <laughs> where the fuck has this been?" <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me because yeah. Charles Dickens Charles Dickens knew how to get a freak on. When it well, was that's true. I will have to go on the record as saying I fucking hate beer. <laughs> I really, really Ooh. hate beer. Like, honest to God, when you sent me this, I was like, oh, what? <laughs> how am I gonna do this? So I thought, well. It's got Captain Morgan's. It's got ginger ale. And I, I substituted ginger beer for ginger ale because it's a little that's, stronger. That's and, fine. and that's actually the traditional, the more traditional recipe is I ginger kinda beer. I kind of went with that and, and, you know, zhuzhed it up a little bit. And I can say it's not gross. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I can say. Um, for okay. me, I can still taste the beer. But I have had 
more than half and I have and I've been sort of topping it off with the rest of what's left so it's not gross I can drink it um and this you know if you had said it was going to be gin and beer I'd have been like nope we're not having that (laughs) I personally hate gin so well I hate gin too except she has actually introduced me to a couple of gin cocktails that are not shitty and okay. there's a couple of gins that are legit good. Gin. Oh. And I hate gin. Like, so much. So hate gin. Like, <laughs> I never read the numerous it. times of saying that. <laughs> but there have been a couple of cocktails that she's introduced me to that have gin that I'm like, this is, there was a couple that were not gross. And, there, and then there was one or two that I was like, this is actually good. So I would recommend um, McQueen and the Violet Fog. That's the best gin ever. Okay. Not to be, but it's my number two. But it doesn't taste like gin. It doesn't taste ginny. Like, it's not like, oh, my God, I'm drinking somebody's cross clippings. (laughs) It's not like that. Get that and some fresh limes and some simple syrup and make a gin gimlet. And you'll be a convert just like Jill. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like a really nice fresh daiquiri. Ooh. It's not gross at all. It literally is. <laughs> Even tea. Was that their marketing line? Like, it's not gross. <laughs> it's not gross at all. That's if kind it of was, how I think they would sell a lot. Because Ethan <laughs> T, who freaking hates gin, he hates gin more than I hate gin. And he's like, can we have gimlets tonight? I'm like, mm-hmm, <laughs> we can. I have lime. I even bought so. more of my favorite gin, Blue, Which from Simple. She thinks it's gross. I think it's amazing. There's no juniper berry taste to it, but it's made by, uh, it's made very locally and you can buy it at like two places in St. Louis. And I got extra of it because I'm going to introduce my daughter Nina to the gin gimlet when she gets back because she turns 21 this summer and it freaking freaks me out. But that's a whole other story. But Okay, but she so, can go buy her own alcohol and for you. Yeah. So, and if you, can't, if you can't find McQueen in the Violet Fog, the botanist is actually made in Scotland and it's made by a whiskey distillery. And it's not too bad either. It's like my number two. <laughs> so, so if you have to drink gin, if somebody's like, no, you have to drink gin, by God, you have to have this gin cocktail. You're like, okay, it has to be one of these two gins then because otherwise I will erp on you. <laughs> so okay. okay so back I on the cocktail. Like the okay i i or, or, or we should let oh, our there's a little bit first. more in the story oh oh i'm sorry so yes. charles dickens all right so charles dickens <laughs> you know was like yo dudes this is cool and then all the bougie people right the aristocracy loved it well the working class people were like sitting back going uh-huh uh-huh. You're drinking a woman's drink, right? Uh. <laughs> so uh, as the the upper class, right? As the upper class picked up this drink, then the working class kind of labeled it as a woman's drink, so, in which it remained throughout the 20th century until really now. Where, pardon? Makes it perfect for us because we're womans. Yeah, right? that's right. Right? But it was like, it was a bad thing because that's not, you know, it's a frou-frou drink. Sure. Right? Um, yeah. But I, now, now, uh, alcohol, uh, beer manufacturer, whatever, what are they called? 
Beer manufacturers, beer breweries. breweries, breweries. <laughs> there we go. Oh, you've had plenty. Yay! You, <laughs> you're fitting right the hell in. <laughs> oh yeah, because I don't drink all that much. <laughs> Which is also, if you don't drink very much, um, if you have a shandy, you probably won't fall on your ass <laughs> quite as much as you would if you had other drinks, because it it is a little bit lower in alcohol content. Um, of course, probably not when you put rum in it, as you know. <laughs> but still, it's still probably a little bit. It makes it much more tolerable yeah. <laughs> for those of us who do drink much. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So now, yeah, now they're trying to market it back to men, which is you know kind of funny. Um, it has come full circle. Yeah, but we we as women kind of like you know why is that why. Why is it a bad if women drink anything, right? I know, right? Because, okay, so backtracking a tiny bit, but I was actually first introduced to the Shandy mm. by a man. Oh. So, Summer 93, picture it, Summer 93. <laughs> what song is playing? <laughs> I know. Except not Sicily, but it was Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I actually was introduced to, to it, speaking of the UK, by a man who we who was without um, you know ancestry.com verifying 100% <laughs> Irish. And he's like, you have to try this. It's a shandy. It's a very Irish thing. And he gave me the lemonade beer mix. And I was all, this is the most amazing thing I've ever had. So I'm I'm not a huge beer person, but I love the shandy. And I always I live in St. Louis, so I always drink a beer at the ballpark because you can't be in Bush Stadium and not have a beer. And that's where it tastes better to me than anywhere. But yet, I'm really fucking enjoying this. So thank you very much. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) And you could actually go without the beer is an option. Like eliminating the beer. Like this is such a a vertile, a vertile. <laughs> a versatile drink to like play with. And that's really what I did is I just started, you know, I went and I read a bunch of shandy recipes. And I like to cook too. So this kind of leans back on that. I like to cook and I make up a lot of my own recipes. Oh, so I'm this, so envious. <laughs> it's it, cause, just because I've been doing it for like, I started from the time I could look over the stove with my mom. Uh, right. So, and my mom was like, oh, a pinch of this, a dash of that, like no measurements. And this is just how you cook it. Right. <laughs> that's, that's actually one of the things I like about mixing cocktails is, is, you know, and mixology in general is it's kind of like cooking only way faster. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I dug that a lot because I could do it while I had like a full work. So I did it like on my lunch break. Yeah. You can do it um, in like 15 minutes. You're like, these yeah. four things. What? That's delicious. Right. Or and I actually, so like, so I use Dogfish IPA or Dogfish Head IPA. That brewery is like literally down the street from me. That's cool. So, yeah. So shout out to Dogfish. I actually bought Dogfish. I, I couldn't yeah. find the exact one, but I got, um, yeah, I got Dogfish Head. Yeah. Dogfish Head. Yeah. The uh, Slightly Mighty. So for you know, so I um I tried to be as true to form as possible. So oh, awesome. And you can I'm use 
Yeah, so as long you can use any kind of beard. And I've read, because most of the recipes I saw were using Pilsner. And I was like, eh, I'm a big Pilsner fan. <laughs> but then looking at the historical recipes, they were using stout. So I was like, well, kind of halfway, like an, a paler ale is what I was thinking. Um, and, of course, I love my, my hometown brewery. So You got to support the locals. Right? Especially in this day and age. Yes. Okay. So I think we've got, I think we've got this down and I want to go ahead and move on. We'll get down to brass tacks. And today we, the three of us are going to totally subvert the dominant paradigm. We're going to smash the patriarchy. We're going to discuss all of the ways in which women marginalize themselves. Well, maybe not always, because <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. How long but do you got? <laughs> we're definitely going to discuss ways in which women... <laughs> in which women marginalize themselves with their language, both spoken and written, because we do it in email and we do it in, in conversation as well. Hmm. Yes. Right. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Let's start with that. So Gina yeah. has this horrible, horrible habit that I've been trying to break her of for like a couple of years now where just randomly she'll just go, Hmm. In the middle of like talking with somebody or she'll just, I think it's like her listening. No- oh, I'm listening to you. But it's much more than that. It's just sort of annoying. And <laughs> I told her that I think it's probably detracting from her authority. And what's funny is I spent so many years because I, um, you know, my son has Asperger's syndrome and I got tested and found out I had it. And I, I actually spent a I spent a lot of years trying to train myself to be more reactionary during conversations. So I taught myself these verbal tics and now they're subverting my whole persona. So I need to figure out how to bring them back in, but I'm so old now and it's so ingrained. I can't undo what I did to myself 20 years ago. <laughs> it's, it's hard. And it's, it's actually, cause I worked in mental health for a while. So that is like, you know, a thing that you did to make sure that when your clients, consumer, whatever they called them, we're talking. <laughs> clients, <laughs> you work they with. Changed, they, they, they modified the language there, too. So it's, anyway, so that they knew that you were still here. listening. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> you can call them motherfuckers if you want to call yeah. them that. Those motherfuckers crazy motherfuckers. I, to, I had to be like, I had like, oh, hmm, so they would know I was listening. Yeah, well, I worked with the severely mentally ill. So sometimes you, especially in them, you had to like really communicate in some way that you were still staying engaged because if your like wand- eyes wandered off somewhere or something and they didn't feel like they were being listened to, I mean, they could have a psychotic break. Sure, they'll just, like totally stab you, shank you, whatever. Right? I get it. I get right? it. Yeah. And so, so yeah, that's what I was taught in active listening. Podcasters especially do this, right? Yes. Because people talk for a long period of time and podcasters job is just to let them talk. But podcasters <laughs> job is to also talk. So it is like a train wreck sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I let Jill lead us because she's got this shit down and that's why she's always and I'm never. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I've got this shit down because I actually since you suggested this topic. I admit that I've been much more aware of my own language. Like as I'm writing emails and things like that, I've been much more, I've been much more careful about things like using qualifiers and 
saying things like, you know, I'm no expert in this, but I think if we did it this way, or I'm not sure about this, but this might work. And rather than doing that, I'm, I, you know, I might type that in the email and then I back myself out and say, would a dude say that? No, like all the other people that are in this email thread, they don't ever start anything out like that. So I take that out and I just say, I think we should do it this way. Boom. <laughs> just I'm done. So, yeah, and I, I think the first step is that awareness, right? As Gen yeah. Xers, we're kind of straddling two different, you know, worlds, two different yes. societies and cultures. We're straddling like the cultures of our mother where it was like, you really went to college to get married. Yeah. Uh, the her, MRS her degree. Yeah. 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 And then to where our mothers were like, oh, no, you can go out and be anything you want and go to college and you don't need to make like that whole thing. Right. So we're in this really weird position where when we went out into the workforce, you didn't want to be a bitch. No, you didn't want to be too smart. You didn't want to be too to anything. Right. right. You just wanted to be like kind of working within the man system and language really spotlights how that has kind of not just evolved then when we were younger but also like kind of how women spoke for years and years and years thousands of years not to like you know to shift men and people into doing things for them and getting shit done without being looked at as like mrs bossy pants because mrs bossy pants that's like a bad to be sorry, mm-hmm. she hmmed. Oh. <laughs> call her out on every single one. <laughs> no, maybe she went. Mm-hmm. No, she didn't. Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! We're gonna go with that. Thank you for the cover. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think that people, women, are afraid of coming through as Mrs. Bossy Pants, and I think another piece of it is that. We've looked for a long time at language as our way to manipulate in some ways. You know, the whole, <laughs> well, saying mm-hmm is different than just hmm and different, like, uh, for yeah, no true. <laughs> My so. husband calls it random women noises. And I'm like, <laughs> which fuck you for being sexist, but you're right. Right okay. in there, right <laughs> in that encapsulates the reason that it's bad. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, yes, you're right. I did not say, hmm. Okay, I'm going to... Anyway, so... What was I saying? Something that I walked right into. Like a revolving door. <laughs> you walk into a lot of stuff, though. Um, uh, there's that. Yeah, I can't remember specifically. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Um, I know what it was. Oh, wait. No, I don't. <laughs> And it's something so about sorry. like the generational things. But oh, oh the other reason okay. why women so, do it. A lot of a lot of women have used language as manipulation, and if we say things in a way like, "Does that make sense?" or "Are you understanding?" Am I am I making sense? In some ways, we're trying to do that with good intentions. You know, we're trying to say, "Does is this clear to you?" And in some ways, if you think about that, that's extremely condescending. But at the same time. It also kind of conveys that um, maybe I feel like I've been incoherent and I'm not making myself clear. So while we feel like doing this softens our language and it allows us to kind of come through in a different way, 
kind of manipulating the situation, kind of coming in through almost the back door. Instead of doing that, it's actually conveying some sort of different idea. Coming yeah, in through the back it, door, title of your sex tape. Sorry. <laughs> First of yeah, all, think, it would be digital I, now, and I'm not that old. And secondly, that would not be the title of my sex tape. That would be the title of your sex tape. Okay, moving on. So you were about to say, Carrie... <laughs> So do I need to like step away for a second? I mean, do y'all need stuff to like have stuff to work out? <laughs> Sorry, you could just damn Adam Samberg or Andy Samberg for that line and move on. I, I apologize. I really should know when to not throw the spaghetti at the wall because. No, usually it's me. So I'm like really glad. <laughs> Yay. That's <laughs> my life. My own co-host. That's my it's life's me. purpose. Make yeah. other people feel better about themselves. Okay. Yes. Ready to go. Totally. Okay, totally. Totally. <laughs> Go ahead and say your thing, and then I want to say something completely unrelated. Oh, I think, so in working with, uh, in podcast editing and production and audio production, where it is predominantly male, all the language is male, and and I'm working specifically with women, and I do a lot of coaching with them, what I find is when they say, does that make sense, really means, am I an idiot? Like, am I using I think that's the true. words correctly? Do I do I have the like education and background? So that is something that drives me crazy. <laughs> I think I think it's either that or it is. Um, does that make sense? As in, I know I'm right about this. Why the fuck aren't these people listening? To me? <laughs> that is another. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For me, when I say, "Does that make sense?" It's the reason I say it is because I can look at the people, I can read the room. I can look at the other people that are in the meeting with me and I can be like, what the fuck is wrong with you idiots? Because I know in five minutes, some dude is going to say the exact fucking thing I just said. And they're all going to go, Oh yeah, that's right. You're a smart guy. You know? Oh, totally. Totally. And there it's, uh, I am hopeful for younger women who, you know, where this is a little bit easier for them. Cause I know that I have had specific situations where I wanted to get shit done when whatever I was doing. And I knew that I could say it, it would go nowhere. But if I asked like a colleague to say it, Oh, then shit would get done. And I would just have to work behind the scenes essentially with, with that one, like, you know, there's always that one guy or was always that one guy who was like, I got you. He's probably gay. Or, you know. <laughs> I got you, girl. Thinking about it. I'm like, <laughs> okay. maybe why? <laughs> you have so struck upon half of my strategy, my entire 20 plus year career. It's like I find a guy who I know either grew up with a very strong willed mother or had five sisters to his one brother and all that stuff. And I find them and I go, can you help me make headway? Because I'm fucking lost because I work in a highly male dominated industry. And finding those colleagues and part of it is like letting go of my ego too and going, you know, I want what's best for the client. And that means I've got to have 
um, George step in and take this for me because he knows I'm right. And he's an advocate who helps me and he's going to push it forward. And it pisses me off so you know much. Up Remember, like, how fucked up is that that you have to do that? And if we change the language around how we speak, can we be George? Do we have to rely on George? If we just change how we couch our language, how we couch our ideas, how we present things, and we don't say things like, um, maybe we should do it this way. And we just say, we should do it this way. And we don't say, I'm no expert here, or I know you've been researching this for a long time, or I know you've been looking at this in a different way. We don't take those kind of shit into consideration. And we just say, this is the wrong numbers. The numbers here are wrong. And here's why. And let me show you. And lay it all out there. If we do that, if we fight that fight, then our kids, our daughters aren't going to have to rely on George. So maybe our reliance on George is poorly done. Yeah, and I think it's doing what our mothers did. I think it is too. Mm, I mean, we've made some headway. Our mothers made a little bit of headway. We're making some headway. And if, you know, you're working with George and George's helping you make some headway too, but you're still not getting that that credit to show that you are the one making these appeals. You are the one showing this progress. You are the one doing these things. You know, if you say something like, as I understand, this is going to happen on this day, rather than this is going to happen on this day. It's a big difference because as I understand, it just says, I'm not hundred percent sure. I think this is what's going to happen, but I'm not sure. Well, well you, you're deferring your opinion. Yeah. Or you're deferring the decision to a male or to whomever that it conversation is directing. Cause it can happen between women when in, especially women where there's a woman has a, a any kind of power over you. And I'm not saying like that yeah. in a bad way, but just like any kind of authority over you and like work or whatever, your mom. <laughs> That's a different conversation. <laughs> We're not going to talk about our moms today because I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah mom, sisters. So we don't. Yeah. But I, I do think though, I mean, I know you, Gina are in a huge, a hugely male dominated profession. And I would say that for me, my career has been sort of like mid dominated by men, but it hasn't like really had a huge impact on me. However, I would also say in the last 10 months, I've had a lot more to deal with in that respect. And coming into I'm kind of in this holding pattern right now and coming into whatever's happening now at work. Um, I have to be on point and I have to put myself out there and say, no, this is the way it is. And I've noticed this lately. I did a, I did a memo just yesterday where I basically, or not yesterday, like Friday or Thursday or whenever, I don't know, fucking last week. (laughs) That basically said, this is what I need. This is what's going to happen. Here you go. Boom. And I sent it to the people who make it happen. And I'm like, I don't know if that was right, but that's what I did. That's that's what your male counterpart would do. I, that's exactly the reason I did it. And I thought to myself as I was doing it, I'm like, I feel like if, 
Jimmy was doing this, he would just say, this is what they're supposed to have. This is what I need it to be. This is what needs to happen here. And then this is what needs to happen here. Ready, go. And so that's what I did. Even if you're perceived as a bitch, bitches get shit done. Right. That is true. (laughs) Scary women make shit happen. Right. Because that's the other thing is we don't want to scare anybody with like our aggressiveness or appear because Lord knows I know I'm aggressive. I know much. I'm extra in my own ways and I can be pushy. Now you're singing my song. (laughs) Right. And I work in my industry podcasting and specifically podcast editing. So male. Right. So I think because like the only reason I'm able to work with um, the male influencers I guess we're gonna call them because that's you know whatever but the other the dudes are actually leading communities and leading shit is because I said hey I need you guys to do this like I need you to include me and women and don't be dicks and they were like oh okay (laughs) yeah it wasn't hard I think that's right but I didn't dance around it because, you know, and granted, my whole like life is just listening to the way people talk <laughs> and figuring out what they're trying to say and then making that like come through. That is podcast production. That's you know, the, all of it. The funny you know, thing is what you're talking about is kind of what has made me successful in my job, too. I'm a manager of a customer service team. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a manager of a customer service team of chat advisors. <laughs> so we don't even use voices. So what I have to do is I have to, I started out as a chat advisor and I would have to read the customer and see what it was that they needed and read through what they needed and look beyond the words and right, figure you gotta, out like, what they were asking. You got to like strip away all the bullshit. Yeah, you have to strip away the words, you have to strip away all of that and figure out exactly what they're asking beyond what they're saying. And then respond to the need and fix the customer. And I know this sounds super like drinking the Kool-Aid kind of thing and it's not that. Now as a manager, I have to coach my advisors to respond to what it is the customer needs. So when I'm working with them and I pull them into a meeting and I'm like, TikTok motherfuckers, what is this shit that you're doing? This is bullshit. Do you see this? And so we'll read it together. And I'm like, what are you trying to do here? Do you see what this person said? And they'll say, well, they said this. And I'm like, do you see what they actually said though? What were they really asking you for? Read this sentence. And they would read it again. And then they'd read it again. And they'd read it again. And eventually they would go, oh, I get it. And I would have to talk them through that so they could see deeper beyond just the words. And I think that comes back to what we're talking about, where the women's words, it's so much more difficult because women can't ask for what they want for, even in a situation where they're like, I need my money back because I can't pay my rent. Right. Right. They've got to give you a backstory. Yeah, they've got to give you all the shit. They have to give you so much stuff. And some dude's like, I didn't mean to buy this. I want my money back. Right, right. And can you imagine? My kid is five years old and I can't afford food. (laughs) My car's going to get repossessed. (laughs) Like, and you're like, okay. Because there's so much 
so much information. And also they feel bad, I think, to like ask for like any money, like any money back. Like you, I know I do like, oh, I'm sorry. You've just like ruined this business's entire day because I want my $20 back. And and then and then the customer rep is gonna get in trouble. So we'll go through like all this emotional stuff, and that's fine. We need and we've got estrogen that makes us compassionate, and that's fine. And then we get you know, and I think when we get older and we lose that estrogen, we just like I think Wanda Sykes said it. We turn back into a man. Okay, like I don't want to talk about that because I don't want to do that estrogen thing. We're gonna talk about that. Yeah, estrogen's like the Karen thing. Um, oh, <laughs> did you just call me Karen? Because I feel like you no, know. K- Karen, Karen, not okay. Karen. Well, I don't have any estrogen, and and you give zero fucks, right? Um, I give like two fucks. Okay, two fucks, but, but only about are, people wait. that I actually give a fuck about. Like wait, new people, kind of can fuck off mostly. Right, exactly. And I like you though, so I'm bringing you into the fold. Okay. You're in the fuck group. You're well. Wait. <laughs> let me rephrase that. <laughs> I don't think that's where you're going with it. <laughs> you in the give a fuck group, not the get a fuck group. How about that? It's different. I'll take that's it. Can, we get, can I get that on a t-shirt? Is that available? Give Is that available in your store? Get a fuck group. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> that'll be available in our merch store. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but I notice, and I notice it a lot with. So I do notice it a lot with younger women. Like they use this language a lot more, and I'm just like, I just want to be like, girlfriend. Listen, don't qualify yourself because we worked really hard, so people would take you seriously. <laughs> like I did not get sexually harassed in the drought, the freezer at Subway. When you know, and, and you know, and then like sign a petition and do all that work for you to now be like, can I just you know get paid? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like hey, I did not you, do. Hi, could you just maybe give me money, code? Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, can you honor your contract you signed with me? And sexual harassment. I mean, okay, I've I've got to jump in here a little bit just because. Okay, in the late, what we're talking about now, but it's it's so relevant, I think, because because we're women and we're working and we're trying to get shit done and we've got to deal with all these other layers of shit. Right, and and we couldn't say anything back then, but we can show our boobs and we we get a lot of shit done. Yeah, I know. Um, but no, I, I, so I've been, I, I'm in a, I, I can't name the end this industry cause I would just get too close to home, but yeah. I, I have been in the same industry for over 20 years and so long. She's so old. I, I I'm fucking, she does weird shit. It's old. Super weird. The weird shit I do. She does is so weird. Yeah. It's very few people do what I do. And there's a reason because even my ex-husband said, holy shit, what you do is so fucking boring. I'm like, I love it, but you know, I'm autistic. No, it's too, so it's very boring. Um, no, it's not to me, but I digress. Tell me, um, what's your cat's name? Oh, this is James. <laughs> oh, okay. I have one James? like that. Her name is Mab and she's a complete bitch. I was oh, about to say, that looks like Queen Mab right there. I was going to say, that looks yeah. just like Mab, and Mab is a total bitch. Yeah, okay. He is a big baby, yeah. and he wants to now crawl into my arms Aww. and like be held like a baby. 
but he is like 40 pounds of cat and (laughs) damn that's a big cat he's pretty solid i don't think she's 40 pounds well he's part like savannah so i mean um he's got that wild cat in him so just as like everything is bigger (laughs) she anyway literally has to wrestle her cat down to give her Valium every morning. So she's not a complete bitch. Well, no, no, no. Mal so. lets me do that. Like she oh. just comes up on me and I'm she's like, like oh, I want the Valium. <laughs> yeah. I think that means Mab has an addiction issue. What I would really like though, is if they would legalize marijuana here and I could just like inhale and stick it in her ear and go. <laughs> you get her some little CBD drops for her, her food. But then nope. it didn't have the THC no. in it. So. Oh, no. Dick, it wouldn't work. <laughs> She's too much of a dick. Okay. 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 Right. I mean, Gina, go ahead. And so you were talking about your industry for 35 years or whatever. <laughs> I'm not that fucking old, Jill. Back the fuck off. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, but when you're boring, it seems longer. <laughs> it feels longer. Yes. Thank you for that. I'm flipping you the double Oh, what's that? Oh, anyway. um, Oh, I caught it. (laughs) (laughs) So, no, but I I still remember in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, there was a guy I worked with who I'd like to say my industry is 20 years behind the rest of the world. Um, So where people were in the 90s is where my industry is now. Where they were in the 90s when I first started, they were in the 70s. So... But um, patent stuff. What's that? But patent was fine. Yeah. yeah. Good job. That's how you told a woman she was doing a good job. You just gave her a little pat on the butt, right? (laughs) I literally had a guy I worked with who was a CPA. Um who I, a liberal arts major, found a number bust in what he was doing when you got six years out. And I'm like, don't you realize six years from now, this is going to do this? And he goes, are you a CPA? And I'm like, no, but I can fucking math. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but I can math, motherfucker. But I can math. Drop and walk away. Yeah. But I was in a meeting with him once when he was talking about this position he had and I came up very quietly and I tapped him on the shoulder and I whispered in his ear very quietly and there were this is a room full of 50 people and there were three women in it I shit you not only three women and I I tapped him on the shoulder and I said I think we need to do a sidebar because I'm not sure what you're saying is what you mean to say. And I should never have phrased it that way. Because he put his hand up in my face and said, why don't you go get a pitcher of water? The men are talking. Oh. And I was like, <sighs> how about I go to HR? I'll go tell them. And I did. And he was fired three months wow. later. But it was. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. It still took it's a few HR. <laughs> right, I know. Just saying, like, corporate culture. And Even I don't at job. my company, HR takes for fucking ever to fire somebody. Like, it literally takes six, nine months to fire somebody. 
And I don't begrudge them because their job is to protect the, huh, the, the company. Com- company. Yeah. Got to go through legal. Everything's got to go through legal. First. <laughs> I know. Right. I was legal, but you know, fuck me. Cause I wasn't the right kind of legal, but anyway, wrong, you were the wrong legal. <laughs> I was the wrong legal. You were the boring legal, not the fun legal. <laughs> I, apparently. Um, but you know, when I, when I look at that, at least we've progressed from that level of misogyny right. to, okay. Tim, I need you to call so-and-so because when I said this, it didn't make a difference. If you say it, I think it will. And it's still wrong, but at least it's 20 years better. (laughs) (laughs) That was the point of that whole story. I'll shut up now. No, no, (laughs) but I I totally get that because that's, you know, in my, in, you know, podcast editing, all like primarily either small businesses, freelancers, or large production companies. So, like, it is still, I think it's like a microcosm of everything that's wrong with society. (laughs) I think the problem is, though, that we as women tend to use this kind of language that's like, I think they call it out of power language. And it keeps us from showing just like how brilliant we are, how powerful we are, how present we are. And it's stuff like, correct me if I'm wrong, or... I know I'm not the ultimate expert on this, or it's just my opinion. And we always couch our conversational things in that. We always bring I'm those kind of saying I'm an expert. To that. Yes, I don't think exactly. want you to like get offended because I'm exactly. in, you know, think myself that highly of myself, but right? No I don't want to have an ego about it. Who is going to say that? They will but just I'm say, just the CEO. This is what I think. <laughs> they're not going to tell you I'm not the expert. They're going to say this is what I think. They're they not going to give a shit if you. they're an expert or not. Yeah, they don't give a shit if they're not an expert. And they recognize that people are smart enough to understand they may not be an expert. And like the person can then intuit whether or not that expert applies, whether that person can listen to that opinion or that statement and say, this is bullshit or this is totally true. Just like they can with politics, just like they can with anything. The person can make whatever the fuck statement they want. You can be crazy pants as much as you want. <laughs> and I can come in and say, um, let me think. Nope. Crazy pants. Or <laughs> yeah, totally makes sense. That's completely logical. I totally buy into that. So women don't need to continually couch their language in I don't want to offend right but I think there's a there's a lack of awareness that we even do it right because until I started uh working in this like leading this group of just busters I did not realize how much I did it myself right it's all about awareness it really is and that's where it starts I truly don't believe that empowerment is possible until we're actually telling ourselves the truth. I think that that's an important distinction that we have to make because if we are not telling ourselves the truth, if we are not saying, I fucking know what I'm talking about. I'm going to put this out there. I don't give a shit what you think. I know I'm right. Motherfucker. So here you go. This is the information. This is correct. And until you own it, you're not going to do it. What do you think, Gina? So I think a way we can help deal with this is something that my boss, Sarah, is doing with me. And that is... She slap you? 
<laughs> or it hurts monetarily. Yeah. Um, I was so, hoping like on the regular, she would just like walk up to you and go slap. You know, she probably would. Good joke, slap, bad slap. I know. What, what I joke is that Jill makes all my personal life decisions. Sarah makes all my business decisions. True. And that's the only way I'm that's ever true. right. She texted uh, me the other day, by the way. Did she? Oh, yeah. I love her. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're going to circle back later. Um, but um, no, what she did was she, I have a jar on my desk that has a mustache on it for imposter syndrome. <laughs> and every time I use minimizing language in a conversation, I have to put at least a quarter in the jar. And I'm going to be buying coffee for the whole fucking department soon. Because I just in her house for when, when Millie or T burps. <laughs> oh, I would have to buy you all coffee like yeah, for six will. weeks if I did that. But, um, but I think that, I mean, that is a very, we're joking, but only half joking about making that a department wide thing. Every time a woman says something minimizing, we have to put a quarter in our mason jar. The problem with that from an HR perspective is that then it's limited to women. Well, unofficially, you know, you know, yeah. some men do use minimizing language as well. It's not only we were a min- actually talking about that earlier. It's very unusual and it's usually men who are very, very insecure. Right. But she, she told me I couldn't say this, but it's a guy I work with. He's always like, well, maybe this is a dumb idea. Well, maybe this is, but yet somehow when he says it, it gets more purchase. And I'm always oh. like, why when Tim does it, does it work better than when I do it? Because he has a penis. Oh, the <laughs> penis card. That's what it is. Oh, it oh, is. oh. I found out you can buy them. You, you can, can buy, buy penis, penis cards? No penises. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm good. Thanks. John the Brit might be somewhat put off. I don't know. <laughs> Keep it forever. You can just okay. like you can just keep them at work, right? Just, like, <laughs> <laughs> that won't get me sued. I'm an attorney. I work with HR attorneys. I'll be out on my ass so fast. Okay. So I'm gonna Sorry. start wrapping this up. I do think though that we've kind of established how amazing it is that we find ways to disguise actually how amazing we are as women. So I think what we need to do is figure out how to just own this shit. And if it makes men uncomfortable, then as far as I'm concerned, just they better fucking get used to it because that's stupid. And I think, oh, I think they ahead. will. I think they uh, honestly, I think they will, especially younger men, the men we're raising. <laughs> we oh. think fucking better. Right. Quick, quick story. My son is 12. And like me, he's on the autism spectrum and he is very much he's uh, he came home one day and told me he couldn't be friends with none of his friends anymore because he goes because he said boys are better than girls and that's just not wrong men and women are equal and i'm like fuck yes here's some extra ice cream i will actually say when t asked me what we were talking about today and i told him he's like what do you mean and i started to describe it and he's like well that's wrong and that's wrong and that's wrong and i thought he was saying like, I thought he was saying that doesn't happen. And I'm like, um, bullshit. But <laughs> no, what he was saying is, like, 
no, that's complete bullshit. Women shouldn't have to do that. That's ridiculous. (laughs) And as I started to like tell him like, this is what women are taught and we need to be softer and we need to be kinder and we need to be more nurturing. We can't be boisterous and we can't like lay it all out there and just slap our dicks on the table. And he's like, that's (laughs) fucked up. So we by definition can't. You know, he was like completely offended at the fact that the actual there's teaching in the world about how to be a woman in business that tells you how to be softer and how to not be threatening and shit. And he was like, what the actual fuck? He was raised by a strong woman. He actually was. Yeah. We can talk about her another time because... eh, but well, <laughs> she's also way too into bedazzling, but that's a whole other she's issue. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when my son was little, he actually said to me, because I, I come from a very matriarchal family. We are a lot of strong women, and there's a lot of us, and there are very few boys. And my <laughs> son was one of, it's one of two uh, between ah. me and my three sisters. Um, children and so my son looked at me and said mom I think boys can do anything that girls can do I love that <laughs> and I was like I could just stop parenting right now <laughs> did when? you go oh my god parenting when <laughs> I was like but I had never made that connection that he was basically be re- being raised by a ton of women who were like very strong willed and sure. you know that's kind of one of the cutest things I've ever heard. I know. I love that. <laughs> He's so only like five years old. <laughs> He's like, That's so cool. Funny. And I was like, yes, honey, they can. <laughs> awesome. Oh, you've done well. You've done so well. All right. Okay. So, anyway. <laughs> so, um, okay. So bringing it back around a little bit. Um, since I know we're running up against time and we need to wind it up a little bit, I will make this personal vow to Jill and to Carrie right now. I will also put a jar on my home desk, on my home office desk, and put a quarter in it every time I say, hmm. <gasps> that would be amazing. I would be so proud of you if you did that. I'm going to make my best fucking effort. Yeah. And then another word that we use that is so easy is the word just. Yeah. Unless you're talking about time, you don't need it. It reminds me. It reminds me of the whole, you remember Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer with Phil um, (laughs) Phil Hartman on Saturday Night Live? I know I'm just a. unfrozen caveman lawyer and your airplanes and everything frighten me but (laughs) yeah so every time i do some shit like that i will also put a quarter in the hmm jar (laughs) and i have one more word to add to it oh and that word is try oh oh that women use a lot and one thing my dad always used to say and this is sort of yoda-esque but this was long before a yoda ever happened my dad, whenever I would say I would try to do something, he would always say, try leaves room for failure. Ooh. Her dad and rocked, by the my way. My dad was fucking amazing. I think that should be on a t-shirt. I think <laughs> it should, too. He okay. was kind of amazing. So you, you, 
I think Please. that's the thing that women say a lot. <laughs> I'll try to take care of that. I'll try to do that. No, I or will like, take care of that. I will do that. I will move into this. Right. I will take this, whatever. Try leaves room for failure. I will wear my fucking laundry tiara anytime I fucking want to. Yeah, you guys look awesome (laughs) in your tiaras. Okay, every woman needs a tiara. So go buy yourself a tiara. And then fucking queens. Right. And then own it. I'm not just wearing a tiara. I'm fucking wearing a tiara. tiara. (laughs) All right. So anyhow. All right, here we go. Our website, alwaysneverwrite.com. You can find the topics for all of our episodes along with the recipe for the beverage, especially tonight's beverage. Um, The Contact Us page has all the ways you can contact us. So if you have ideas for topics, questions you want to answer, drink suggestions, want some advice, whatever, use one of those ways to get in touch. Or you can email, slide in the DMs, hit us up on Facebook, all those things. You can find Carrie at yayapodcasting.com and links to all of her incredible plethora of things there. She does all of the things. So find her I was going to say do her, but that would be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So find her, (laughs) talk to her, hit her up, whatever. She's got things there. So do that. (laughs) Yeah. She's fucking amazeballs. And, (laughs) and obviously since you know how to find us, um, you should plan to spend a little quality time telling your friends why they should listen to us and that they can find us wherever they find their digital media. And finally, we want to immensely thank our special guest, Carrie Caulfield Eric from Just Podcasting and Podcast Editors Mastermind, which are two of my new favorite things because I'm absorbing information like a motherfucker. <laughs> Yay! Thank you so much, ladies, for having me. And if you want to talk about podcasting or like words, because I love words, um, or history, <laughs> you know, DM me, slide into my DMs, right? You have have made my life so fucking fulfilled. (laughs) I love you so much already. Okay. Well, this has been an empowering episode of Always. Never. Right. I'm Jill. And I'm Gina. And thank you so much for making us a part of your week. We'll talk more next week, my dolls. And thank you for joining us on the Podfix Network. Standard disclaimer. Always Never Write is in no way, shape, or form performed or produced by professional advice givers. We've just lived a lot. So if any of our life experiences prove useful, we're happy to share, especially if we can share in an entertaining way. But if you have serious problems, please see a therapist, doctor, psychiatrist, life coach, or someone who is actually trained to know what the hell they're doing when passing out advice. Also, please note that most names and the descriptions of many events have been modified to both make things more entertaining and to protect the innocent, the not-so-innocent, and the flat-out guilty as sin assholes.